Alright. So, um, in, my, uh, in my own uh, kind of spiritual journey, the kingdom of God has been uh, something uh, that has been very eye-opening to me. I would say if there was anything that was key um, to kind of my theological understanding, it would be uh, understanding better what the kingdom of God is and what it, and what it means. Uh, from the beginning of the Bible to the end, this is implicitly understood, and so uh, often we don't look at it that way. It's something that we just kind of see written, but we don't think that it is uh, kind of the overwhelming theme um, of the Bible as God's kingdom has been established and he wants it to be established once again. And so there's a couple um, helpful uh, uh, items that I think will be, um, that will be good for you to kind of wrap your head around, even if it's something you feel like, uh, feel like you've uh, heard before, it's, it definitely uh, deserves repeating. Uh, and so let's look uh, first at, um, at this first item. So these are two quotes by Gerald Bray, a guy that is, I think, currently at uh, Samford University in Birmingham. Uh, but he says this about the kingdom of God. This doctrine describes the rule of God over his creation as king, including how the rule is exerted and structured and what its ultimate purpose is. Okay? So talking about the kingdom of God, the doctrine describes the rule of God over his creation as king, including how the rule is exerted and structured uh, and what its ultimate purpose is. Okay, so as we're thinking about God's rule, right, God is the king, and then as he sends Jesus, Jesus then is the, um, is the given king uh, to us, and so he overtakes uh, that rule within the Trinity. And so when we think about, um, think about that idea, it's really helpful uh, for us to grasp this kingship idea. And so we have a second item. Uh, so he goes on, on the most basic level, we may say the kingdom of God is present wherever the king is to be found. Jesus is present by his spirit both in the church and in the world. Some have identified the kingdom with the church, but although the church is certainly included in and representative of the kingdom, most theologians would say that the kingdom is a broader concept in its full and final sense. The church then is a missionary organization, whereas the kingdom is more often conceived as a result of that mission's fulfillment. And so again, to restate that the kingdom, right, is where God rules. And so I want you to take a minute before we get started and kick that around about what questions that that may, um, that that may invoke for you or what it might matter. And so here's what I want you to do as you, as you uh, discuss around your table, right? Why, why does it matter uh, uh, that I know that there's a kingdom of God? Right, and then, and what questions might I have about that? Just ask, here's my question. I mean, about if this is something that I need to care about, then blank. Okay, so just take a few minutes, say where, uh, why might it matter, and then what questions you may have about that. And so uh, I'll get some results from you. All right, what about as you're thinking about that word, what questions come up in your mind uh, for need of clarification? Right of as to what it is, or um, anybody have any questions that they uh, had? I think it's a helpful way to to think through something. Okay, if X is true, then what about Y? May have any questions that they were prompted? Okay, how do I know that I'm living in His kingdom? Excellent question. Uh, another question. How do I know that I'm living in it? <laughs> 
Anybody else? The difference here is talking about the difference between the church, right, and God's kingdom. Okay, can I be a part of more than one kingdom? All right, excellent. So here, if you're taking notes, um, this will be a helpful clarifying point. Um, as it relates to a kingdom, right, we think of a lot of times kingdom as place, right, geography, right, so America, right, we are, uh, the government is sovereign on this soil, right, whatever the map looks like, okay, that is where they have power, where the American government rules, uh, but often, uh, but that is uh, true only so much as the power is exerted in that place, right? Or the, or the will is actually done in that space. So that people can kind of have title, right? Or be the king or be in charge, except it only actually matters where the people say that they are, where the, the will is actually carried out. Does that make sense between the distinction of those two things? Yep. So as it relates to God's kingdom, so he, he created everything and he rules absolutely, but what he wants to do, right, is, um, is for you to choose to him to be your ruler, okay? And so God rules where his will is carried out, okay? God rules where his will is carried out. And so some of the concepts are overlapping, but that for us, when we pray, right, your kingdom come, your rule come into my life, and your will be done here in my life as it is where people listen to you, <laughs> where you are in heaven all the time. So God rules where his will is carried out. And that the kingdom of God then is a placeholder Right, for his authority, okay, his kingship manifests, right, where it's carried out. So the kingdom of God, right, is this, uh, is this thing uh, that exists where his rule is carried out. That's where he rules, right, where God's rule comes in. What he, set, what he wants to happen is happening in your life and in the lives of people around you. And so a kingdom really isn't a place, it's a people, he can hold sovereignty over location, but really, really, the idea is better placed in people, right? A kingdom is a people, just like a church is people. And so this place is where God wants, what God wants to happen is happening. And so then the results of the kingdom are described in all sorts of ways. If we were to think through uh, parables that we've heard, the kingdom of God is like, the kingdom of God is like. And it's described in all sorts of ways because it is multifaceted and it has uh, all sorts of profound effects. And you've seen this in your own life where you have been obedient to his teaching, right? That has far-reaching effects both for you, right, and for others. And so the kingdom parables then are used to help us understand and see what we couldn't normally see without his help. And so we're going to look at uh, two of those in Matthew 31. And so let's turn there. Uh, Matthew 13, 31 and 32, we'll look at this first parable. He presented another parable to them saying, the kingdom of heaven, is uh, same thing as God, is like a mustard seed which a man sowed and took and sowed in his field. And this is smaller than all other seeds. When it is full grown, it is larger 
uh, than the garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and nest in its branches. Verse 33, he spoke another parable to them. The kingdom of heaven is like leaven or yeast, which a woman took and hid in three pecks of flour, which is about 50 pounds, until it is all leavened. And so he's taking great pains. And Matthew, of sorts, every time he tells a parable, he doesn't tell a parable outside of it describing what the kingdom is like. This is uh, important for you because you live in a kingdom unlike the kingdom of God. The way that the kingdom of God is described, is it like the, uh, the democracy of the United States of America? Of what this nation is like and what its rule is like and what it brings into our lives? No. Every... Uh, kingdom that people have lived in throughout the entire history of the world, right, is, is markedly different. It has different values, right? It has different idea of goodness, right? It has different ideas of what, is, uh, what uh, needs to be punished, right? What rewards for being loyal to it. And so here Jesus is taking time to tell them, hey guys, I don't know if this was on your radar, but I want to tell you what the kingdom of heaven is like. With the, with the kingdom what, where I rule, what happens there? What are its values and why it matters? And so as he tells these both of these parables, here is a couple things that he's trying to point out to us, and then we need to push into uh, what, we, what that pushes against in us. Because the first thing is the kingdom of heaven is unassuming. Right, as we look at the, uh, the yeast, any of you are bakers, right? It doesn't take a whole lot of yeast right, to be put into the dough, but it works its way through and causes everything in it to rise. The mustard seed, uh, you've probably seen this, in a, but it's, it's real small. Google it if you want to. <laughs> but at some point, that small seed right, can grow into a tree that breeds life, gives protection, helps those around it. Right? It is, is something unassuming. Right, but has great worth. And not only that, but it, it influences things for the better. Right, and then somebody somewhere knows this. So we take the mustard seed, not that it is small, but somebody chooses to take that seed, right, and sow it or plant it on purpose. <laughs> So many of us, as we are presented with the gospel or if we've grown up in church or whatever our experience is with it, that it, we, we've heard great things, but we don't know what that means to experience that. So often we hear about somebody being born again or, or um, having Jesus in their life, and there's much uh, kind of lamentation about, like, well, how, why is the church not any different <laughs> right, than the world? even though we hear these descriptions of things. And so often the world thinks, and we often think, I have Jesus, but I'm not sure how much difference he's supposed to make in my life. Because I still do uh, certain things that everyone's got to do. So where, where do the differences lie? So often people think Jesus' rule will not make that much of a difference. And so this is what Jesus is pushing into for all of us who all would listen hey this is what the kingdom of God is like 
And he, he also makes this distinction as it relates to the mustard seed, right? The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and sowed. He chose to take it. He chose to sow it. Even though it looks unassuming, what does it matter? But when it's full grown, when, it, when it's allowed to do what it's supposed to do, when we don't hinder it, right? It grows into the thing that it's supposed to be, which is what? A tree that gives life, right? And protection and sustenance to other things around it. What you didn't think was that big a difference makes a huge difference, right, in the place that it was planted. And we see the same uh, idea in the, in the little yeast in the flour. What does it matter? It's flour. There's all kinds of things we do here, but if we add this, we add this little thing, right, it changes everything. So what's the challenge for us in this day and age about the kingdom being manifest in my life, right? Sabrina talked earlier about what is the kingdom win, okay? So this is about having a mindset that we want his will to be done in our life. And so this is much what Jesus is speaking into, right? You see me, you see me doing miracles, you see me teaching, you see me doing X and Y, but I want you to understand that I've got that I, I, I want to affect more than just what you see, even though that's pretty amazing. That there is more to be done, that there is more difference that, the king, that my rule can make in your life and the lives of others. So let's pull up into Matthew, and we'll look at two more, and then we'll, uh, we'll have some takeaways. So Matthew 13, 44, and Matthew 45, 46. If you didn't hear over the, um, over the summer, um, my name completely eludes me right now. I know him well. He's a great guy. But he uh, spoke in big church about this parable. He did an awesome job as far as exegeting it. Um, but what I want you to uh, uh, point out here, so we're not going to... Uh, get into the uh, specifics of um, a few things that he did. Um, but uh, here's a couple things I want you to, to notice in this one. So we've got the, hey, it's unassuming. It affects everything. Here is the idea of worth. Right, so the kingdom of heaven is like a hidden treasure in the field, which a man found and hid again, and from joy over it, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. And again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant seeking fine pearls. And upon finding one pearl of great value, he went and sold all that he had and bought it. Right, so there's lots of specifics about here that we can pull out, but really, obviously, the issue is worth, right? Am I excited about God's rule? Am I excited about uh, engaging, right, selling everything I have to do that? Is it that important to me? And if it's not right, then do I understand its worth? So I want you to uh, take a pause real quick, uh, real quick and ask if, okay, we are not excited about the kingdom of God and about what that rule, right, in, uh, in my life or others' lives could mean, then what do you think is at issue with you or someone else in regarding, uh, in regarding giving our life over to it? Like, what, what, is, uh, what is kind of the missing idea? 
Okay, so take, uh, so take a minute to uh, kick that around your table. What is, what is missing for us not having that joy? All right, so, um, so what are we missing when um, we struggle with understanding the worth uh, of the kingdom? All right, what did y'all, y'all talk about over here? We kind of just talked about like relinquishing control over your own life. Like yeah. that's a really hard pill to swallow. I think all of us kind of like decided upon like having just like a hands-off mentality and like, like I said, just giving up the idea that, oh, I can do everything I'm supposed to. Yeah. Um, I think that's really hard for people and me. Absolutely. Me as well. Uh, how about in the back table here? Our role, okay. Yeah, if we don't value it, we're missing our role, right? So the the issue often comes down right to loyalty, uh, and being excited about what we're loyal to, right? So some of us uh, begrudgingly are loyal to things, right? Uh, depending upon, say, like Carolina football. <laughs> Right, it, uh, we want to, it to love us back, but it, it very rarely does. Right, uh, but, but joy, for joy, we go down every week, you know, hoping that it will be different. <laughs> uh, and we're pleasantly surprised if it is, right? Uh, but when we, think, when we think about worth and our misjudging of it, right, I think um, what um, uh, was said uh, over over the, both of these tables, right? Is it struggles with like uh, where that loyalty is on a day to day basis, right? Because as we see the as we see it as uh, treasure, right, or something that we're looking for that we found, I think that uh, begs the question for us, right? Which is a real simple question, right? Is is where is our treasure? What are the things that we actually treasure? Because the the kingdom has not been found wanting right, as we have engaged in it or live by its truths, we just want other stuff too, right? And as he plainly tells us over and over, like, you can't, can't, can't be loyal to both of those things. And so we're stuck, right? The kingdom of heaven sounds great, but not at the expense of my own kingdom. I would love to be loyal to it if I can be loyal to two different things. Does that, does that work? No. <laughs> and so that's why we struggle as we do. And so good, what does God want us to see? I think the, the, the simple plain truth is, is that like the loyalty to God's values like matters. Okay, and so we know that, but at the same time, we don't know that because we struggle to do it. Because we think, ah, I'll get to it, or somebody else will make sure that God's, God's kingdom or God's ruling. But like today, I, this morning, I'm going to take off if that's okay. Right, because what he's trying to remind us is, is this, like, you think it's like not that big a deal, but I want you to understand that if you'll let it take root, it'll do far more than you're letting it right now. And that seems like, well, why is he talking about that? Because we don't do that. Like, it, it's these simple messages that we struggle with. You mean you want me to just be more mindful of the kingdom than I am right now? Yes. Does God's rule in my life, his total rule in my life, matter more than I think it does? Absolutely yes. 
And so the response to that is to let him rule. That's the challenge every day, but we don't need to not hear that. We need to be reminded what his kingdom is like because it's better than whatever right, I put in front of that. Doesn't matter what it is. And so that's always my struggle. So the place to, uh, to end um, is, I think it's telling the words we use to describe Jesus to ourselves and to others. And what are some of those words that we use? It, it, um, it showcases our biases. Right, the thing that I hear most often Jesus described to you as my Savior, and he absolutely is, right? But that all times looking is something that's deeply personal, right, and individualistic. He is your Savior, but what the Bible more often describes him as is this office of prophet, priest, and king, right? That he is constantly speaking into our lives about what we need and challenging us and warning us. And and giving us truth, right, against our wishes sometimes. The priest's office, right, is he is our intercessor to God, right, seeking always to reconcile us to himself as we come confessing, right, asking him for things, right. He is there, right, in that office of interceding for us and our needs. And finally, he is the king. As he is all of these things, he never ceases to be the king. He is in charge and sovereign over everything, and yet he continues to teach us from his high office. He continues to reconcile, right, and engage with us through his priestly office. We talked before, he's also our father, our shepherd, our husband, and our king. That he's not just one of these things, he's all of these things to us. That this is what it means, right, for him to be who he wants to be to us. But who do you refer to him as? Who, who is he to you in your attitude? There's one thing that we say, right? We say all sorts of things, <laughs> but what is our attitude toward any given thing? And particularly to Jesus. It's very telling what our attitude is to him. And I would say for me, the thing that I struggle with mostly in my relationship to him is simply complacency. Right? He just is so good to me that he'll just always be good to me, <laughs> regardless of if I'm good to him. In Matthew 16, uh, he asked this question to the disciples, but who do you say I am? And I think our answer, right, not again what, what we want to say our answer is, but what it actually is in any given moment. But who do you say that I am? And Peter, wrong sometimes, is not wrong this time or in John 6. He says, you are the Christ, which is God's chosen, prophesied king. You are that person that's long been foretold. You are he God had said would, what he would send. The son of the living God. And so he could, he could call him all sorts of things, but he says basically that you are worth being loyal to, 
you are the person that I have, uh, should have my allegiance in, and I want your kingdom to come, and I want you to rule in my life, is what he's declaring. It's really convenient uh, for us to receive a Savior, but it's very inconvenient, right, if he's not our, uh, for him to be the other things as well. And so again, that seems like a simple miss. Hey, he, he is our Savior. He died on the cross for our sins. But that's our King we're talking about, right? He has the authority to do that. He can't be our Savior and not our King. If he's not the King, then what he came to do isn't as effective as we think it is. The parables here, and any of them that we go over uh, the rest of the semester, right, instructs us on what kind of king he is, what he values, how he should view his kingship, and what his rule will result in. Right, he wants to both kind of broaden and be more specific about what his rule would look like in my life so that I will receive it. So here's where we uh, here's where we want to end, and I want you just to give some time to debrief, and then I'll, I'll close this. Right, so two things. Right, Jesus' rule is unassuming and different to human eyes than they think, and has far-reaching consequences for all when it is fully realized. All right, so maybe one of the debrief is, yeah, that's true. I'm not letting it being fully realized in my life. Or I don't really understand the far-reaching consequences that it should have for me as you shared in others. And the second thing is that Jesus' rule is worth using every resource at your disposal to live in it. Right? That is not what a kingdom is supposed to be like. I'm supposed to enjoy the rule of the king. I want to live in that rule that I want to be counted as, hey, who, who out there are my citizens? Right? It's goofy, right? As I want to be, you've all been to concerts and somebody says something even uh, less uh, miraculous. And everybody's like, oh yeah, all right, yeah. <laughs> and yet we, uh, because of some song lyric or something that we get excited about, and yet, and yet God is calling us out as his kingdom citizens, right, to saying, hey, is this a ticket that you want uh, to buy? So people spend a lot of money on concerts for about, a, about two hours worth of fun. But man, it begs the question, how little I want to do to be in God's kingdom, to enjoy his rule. And so I just want you uh, to, to end there, is um, just to think through and debrief about, um, about these things in your own personal life and in the, those around you. Because it's not just us, right? Like us that need to be excited about God's rule, that we have people that show up to church here every week or that that claim to be believers and have no interest or indication of enjoying God's rule in their life. And so who else is going to tell them but us? So kick that around a minute and I'll close this. What do you think about that?
All right. Renee said, well, what, uh, what were a couple of things that you guys talked about? Those are great. Those are great questions, right? Is it the same excitement? It's fine to be excited, right? That's great. How about here? We kind of continue the conversation of like who Jesus is to us daily. Yeah. And so like it's easy for us to take the Savior part and the mercy part. Yeah. But it's kind of harder for us to accept like the admonisher part, the teacher part. Yep. And kind of just like not like begrudgingly accepting those aspects yeah. of Jesus, but like John was saying, like understanding that there's life in those yep. like parts and in those challenges and pursuing that through the faith that he gives us in through his book. Yeah, I think that's I think that's so helpful. Thank you guys for sharing. Um, so uh, I encourage you uh, just to continue to be challenged by that, uh, about what his rule and reign uh, should look like, that we should be excited about it, that he is a good ruler. Right, a good father, a good husband, a good king, a good prophet, good priest. <laughs> Let me pray for us. Uh, Lord, uh, all, uh, Father, that um, would seek to call you king, Father, I, I feel like should acknowledge us as such. And Lord, it has done my heart so good over the past couple of months to spend uh, mornings and afternoons um, calling on you in that way. Father, acknowledging Father, this morning, I acknowledge you as my king, and I acknowledge that your rule is good over me, and that your agenda is going to be different from mine. And Lord, would you right, open me up to what your kingdom values over the things that I value? Lord, I think that you take the time to describe what your kingdom is like. Wouldn't that be funny if our parents did that? Hey, Ryan, let me describe what my parenting is going to be like so that maybe you would enjoy it a little more or not miss what I'm trying to do. And so, Father, would, uh, would you open our hearts uh, to what you want to do for us and what you're like? Father, that we would seek that out, that we would care to know. And so this morning, uh, just in the subtle ways and in the uh, possibly really familiar uh, passage, would you have us consider it again? And Lord, bless our time as we go into uh, worship with the full body of our community. Lord, that would be refreshing and encouraging uh, and give us a perspective that we need to go and to follow you. And we pray these things in Christ's name. Amen.